From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is the Relevant Podcast. It's Tuesday, May 7th, 2019, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios on the ones and twos, our illustrious engineer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. Over there on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Barely holding on, and we'll get to that in a minute. All the way from Gatorland, Florida, Eddie Big Hat Koffeltz. Yes, nice to see you. And from Nashville, Tennessee, author, speaker, podcaster, cowgirl extraordinaire, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. Hey, before we get started, I want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Creating a site with Squarespace is simple. It's intuitive. You can add and arrange your content and features with the click of a mouse. Uh, They even make adding a domain to your site simple. If you sign up for a year, you'll receive a custom domain for free. This is usually where you talk about what website you built last night, Cameron. I haven't built a website on Squarespace in a couple of weeks. I just finished up our B2B media kit website literally a couple of weeks ago. Squarespace site. I'm telling you, I use it all the time. And right now, Squarespace is offering Relevant Podcast listeners a special deal. You can go to squarespace.com slash relevant for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your website, use the offer code relevant to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace, set your website apart. All right. Well, we have a very special episode uh, for you today. Coming up later, uh, we talk um, what we talk about and play clips from our conversations with Rachel Held Evans, the author and speaker who uh, very tragically passed away this weekend. Um, And uh, Tyler Huckabee Huckabee, uh, has interviewed her several times in recent years uh, for our magazine and for this show. And he's going to bring us some of those moments. So you don't want to miss that. If you don't know Rachel's writing, you'll you'll learn a lot about it. And if you do know Rachel, um, you know what a significant uh, voice she was in the greater Christian community and the conversation. And uh, and it's you know it's one of the things that we're grateful that we get to do on this podcast. We have so many different important voices and perspectives that we get to bring, and um, we're we're excited to uh, uh, bring you some of those conversations that we've had with her over the years. Um, you're, I'm really looking forward to this segment. I think yeah. it'll be great to hear her voice for so many of us who have loved her voice in different ways for the last few years. It, I think it'll be great to hear her voice. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. It was, I, I had the opportunity to listen back with Tyler to some of the conversations we've had with her and man, it's, it's a, a real loss for, you know, I feel like our community and for people in general, but I am really grateful for her body of work and our ability to kind of reflect back on it later in the show. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad that you are able to join us today, Jesse, because this is a, (laughs) this is a photo finish sort of a situation. You know, this is a, this is a Kentucky Derby situation where, that's a great you way to put it. You almost got disqualified from this podcast. I did. Because I, of your travel <laughs> situations. Yeah, I, you were I, in I Orlando. almost just started a new life in Miami, Florida. Because 
Because that's what it's worth. We all knew that sentence was coming eventually. Yeah, it's going to be true one of these days. So, Just like so, a cool guy, like with a mustache and 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 like a tiny bathing suit, just boating. Like that would be my life now. That's me because I'm never getting home. That's this what weekend, almost happened. This weekend, Jesse and Tyler and the whole team came together for the World Vision 6K for Water here in Orlando. So they flew in and and uh, end up staying the weekend. We had a great time. And then Jesse, I dropped dropped him off at the airport on Sunday afternoon. Uh, it was Cinco de Mayo. It was me, my son, and Jesse. And I was at taking David him to the airport. Busters on well, Cinco de thinking, Mayo. No, no. I was uh, thinking, Cinco hey, I got to take him to the south side of Orlando. Mm-hmm. We can swing <laughs> wide and have a special lunch. Yeah. We can go to one of the whimsical restaurants. We don't have to go local. Let's go down there to the fun stuff. And so oh, we yeah. swung wide. We're going down International Drive. We're just saying, what's what's striking our fancy and all these crazy <laughs> restaurants upside down buildings you know whatever we didn't know what we wanted yeah. and then we saw the dmb and we said you know what we got a nine-year-old with us we can justify this let's go to dave and buster's that's for just lunch insane. Yeah. so, so, so we, we so we eat at dmb we're having a great time and i'm like listen i'm i'm a nervous traveler i don't like like cutting it close there's no that just i would rather have a little time in the airport just to know i'm gonna make it Onto the plane comfortably, right? Ugh. So we leave Dave and Buster's at like 3.15 p.m. in the afternoon. That is when my travel nightmare, my hell, <laughs> begins. <laughs> Which ended moments ago. I mean, like I literally. Like this happens I to just you got on. more I, than the normal person, Jesse. Am I wrong? What's up? I feel like this happens to you more than the normal person. Well, the, mistake, of, the mistake he made is that he let Jess book him on American Airlines. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. And and so, so I I end up, you know, getting through security at Orlando's flying. It's a little delayed. No, no big deal. No big deal. So we're flying. We, we, we're approaching Miami and the captain comes on and says, because of a storm, and I'm looking out the windows. I can see the Everglades under me. It is perfectly clear. Like I can, <laughs> I got a great view of the Everglades. He's like, because of the storm in Miami, guys, got bad news. We're going to have to do some loops for a little while. Just, just hang on. We're going to be looping. Just sky loops? Yeah, we're doing up, sky up loops. And over. We're, we're, wow. we're, we're doing loops That's over the Everglades. Cool. It's not that cool. Like, okay. but I, I'm it's like, okay. In my mind, because I'm once like, you've seen about two square feet of the Everglades, you've seen all it just whatever it is, 10,000 acres or yeah. whatever, 20 miles or I, who knows? It's, ju- it's just a big <laughs> swamp. So I'm thinking, OK, I got a little bit of time on the other side. I got like a I, I told Cameron this at DMV when we're at Dave and Buster's. I'm like, you know what I'm going to do for Cinco de Mayo? I'm going to go to a restaurant in the my I told I, I was I was like gloating. I was like, Cameron, <laughs> I'm spending Cinco de Mayo in Miami watching basketball. That was yeah. my plan. I yeah. was going to go find a cool restaurant in the Miami airport, watch a little b-ball, get on my flight, comfortably get home just before midnight, get a, get a great seven hours, and ready yeah. to hit this week hard, right? Right. So we're looping. I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, listen, this game's, I'm going to, I'm missing my b-ball time. I'm missing my Cinco de Mayo dinner that I was going to have. And, and so, isn't that the worst feeling where you just know, like, there's nothing you can do about this? Yeah, like, yeah there's nothing you can do. Cameron, yeah. how many times during that day did I tell you I'm looking forward to my Cinco de Mayo dinner? Yeah, you were like, telling me your thoughts about the game that you're going to be watching. <laughs> you're like, oh, I like this team because of these reasons. I can't wait to it? see it. It was Portland-Denver. He's, yeah. he's pulling for Portland. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm like really looking forward to just a quiet dinner And is this by the myself. finals? Forgive me. It's, it's, uh, it's the NBA playoffs. playoffs semifinals. Yeah. But okay, because yeah. this yeah. feels like it's gone for a long time. Are the, is the magic out? 
Uh, we're out, yeah. but okay. hey, these are it's going till June, Annie. Yeah. Just okay. buckle yeah. up. Great. I'm, in. I'm so, here for it. So so my in my mind, it's the J Man in South Beach for a little solo time. <laughs> Recouping. I ran the six K, get a solo dinner, oh some B ball, ready for the week. Okay, I'm looping looking at the clock. Like we're cutting into game time here. That's okay. The last one was a real last one went to like three overtimes. So this is gonna be a long game. No yeah. big deal. No big deal. So we keep looping. We keep looping. I'm getting concerned at this point. Okay. So finally, after and like an hour, can you not watch on the TV on um, no live, no, no live. Yikes, I, yikes, watch, yikes. I watch. I watch. The, the, you know what I watch, Annie? This is how good the American Airlines Entertainment section is. Season two. <laughs> I watch five episodes of season two of Thirty Rock. Okay. So oh, I'm boy. looping. <laughs> I'm looping. Watching a TV they, show. They have it in a tape. Okay. <laughs> they have to put it in a tape. Yeah. So I'm looping, watching a, a sitcom that you know episodes that aired twelve years ago. Uh, very dated. Some of them did not age well, by the way. Yeah. There were some jokes in there that you could not get away with. Now, anyway, yeah. side note. So I'm looping and, 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 and eventually we land and everyone claps when we land because we're like, oh, thank God. So then we find out that, that, that we're not out of the clear. I'm looking out the window. It is fine outside. Okay. But according to American Airlines, there's lightning in the distance and it's unsafe for passengers to be on a jetway. Just give us 15 minutes. 15 minutes go by. We're going to need 15 more. That happens for the next two and a half hours. We are sitting there on the runway. I can see the airport for, for, for two hours, two and a half hours. I'm the, the, at this point, Cameron's texting me. Who's I texted him. I texted him asking him, like talking about stuff, thinking he was home. Like I was like, oh, he's probably landed by now. I was texting him some stuff about like coming no. up to Virginia, yeah. to coming yeah. up to Virginia Beach this summer. And he goes, by the way, I, it's been more than two hours. We've been sitting on the tarmac in Miami. I was like, what? Oh, my and so gosh. then I started giving him game updates and told him that Denver won in the closing seconds and his team lost. Wait, so, you know. wait. So you land in Miami and then you just sit there in the plane. I thought you meant you were sitting there trying to take off. No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. Oh, this Jesse. is, this is from Orlando two and a half hours after been looping. So then Do they then, bring you snacks. Huh? Are they being nice? Question. Are they bringing no, you snacks? No, no. They're yelling oh, really? at us. They're like, sit down. Don't get your computers out. We're moving <gasps> in 15 minutes. That goes on for two and a half hours. Anyway, so we finally... Oh, my. Because usually they open up the bar or do something yeah, yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, They no. do something. So so here's the worst... This is the worst part of that situation. Then they, they, they're they like, okay, a jetway open. We're going to pull up to the jetway and we're finally... You know, people start cheering. Everyone stands up getting their bags and they're like, there's no jetway crew. It's going to be about 45 to the jetway crew. Everyone's no. already stood up. Now everyone's standing up with their bags for 45 minutes so it's a whole nightmare we're about three hours in to oh have after having landed oh. so we we finally get off the plane this having is a 45 minute flight by the way orlando to miami i mean it's yeah. nothing yeah. yeah yeah and so so i'm four four five hours into this 45 minute flight so i get off the plane and my find out my flight has been delayed at this point it was supposed to leave at 9 45 which i've already blown past it's and originally you're to- thrilled about that because at least your flight's delayed I my sink. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, okay, no Cinco de Mayo dinner, but I'll get on the I'll get on the eleven fifty flight. I'll be home at two a.m., which is going to be a late night. But at least I get home, yeah. sleep in my bed tonight. So I, I find uh, the only place in the airport open is like this Irish pub, and I go sit. It's packed. The whole airport's cr- going crazy. So I sit at a table and. A bunch of random strangers come sit at the table with me because there's no other hurt. seats. And they were like, hey, can we sit here? You know, I'm a nice guy. So I get to talk into these guys and I look. My flight then is delayed till departure to 2 a.m. So I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to be in this pub for a while. <laughs> oh, oh man. my God. So me- is that even legal? Can they fly in the middle of the night like that? 
I don't know, Annie. I don't know. I was in the middle of the night. Did you think the planes stop at sunset? Theater of the minds. Every two out of three of your faces got real rude right there. (laughs) But isn't there some like limit of how long employers, employees can be at the airports and stuff? There's limits on pilots. They're open all the time. Yeah. Uh, airport doesn't okay. like the security guard doesn't like Jesse, lock the front talking. door. You're the only person I want to be friends with right now. I so 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 I'm sitting there in the Irish pub with with my new four buds. And how do you think we get out? How do you think I got to India? Do you think I just flew from very early in the morning until it got dark and then just stopped in Switzerland or something? Wow, you're awful. It's very different when you're already in the sky versus a plane taking off at 2 a.m. That is a totally different experience than someone who works eight hours as a pilot. Right. So if they can just get it in under the wire and take off before sunset, they're good. So Can, can we mute him? So I'm sitting at a table. Me, Harley, Dave, and Mike are sitting oh at the my table. Gosh. Harley, we're Dave. sharing. We're sharing our travel nightmares. And are you sharing appetizers as well? Huh? Oh yeah. Are you sharing some appetizers as oh, well? Oh yeah. Lots yeah. of apps. Lots of lots of things flowing. So you know, because we're we're figuring we're here for the night, guys. We're gonna be eating here till two a.m. When I gotta leave, they don't know when their flight's leaving. So. Listen, here's what I found about Harley and Dave. It's a guy and a girl. I thought they were boyfriend and girlfriend. They had met earlier that day on a delayed <gasps> flight. So they're a little love connection. Wow. They're in love their 20s. Connection. You know, me, I'm kind of <gasps> like chatting them up, getting to know this little That's rom-com great. unfolding in front of me. I didn't what? get my game, but I got a little rom-com here. Harley, Harley and Dave, cute couple. Wish them the best. Hope, hope you know, it's just not one of these nights that, you know, are forgotten. Then Mike shows up. <laughs> a little sketched out by Mike. Not going to lie. He... Okay. Had just, quote, spent the last 15 years in Central America and was making a beeline for Vegas. And and the details were a little unclear. And he had a very big gold necklace on and he wanted to talk about it because it was very rare Colombian gold that he Uh he he got in a a weird circumstance. I I, I had to check my down and immediately flexed on you. I love this guy. Oh, yeah. We're all buds at this point. I mean, we're hanging out for like two hours, you know. And we get to the point where ne- at, at, around like midnight, we find out that all of the flights are just canceled across the board. What? So it's, it's the hour of decision. We have no place to go. We have no flights. Of course they're canceled because flights don't leave at 2 a.m. Go ahead. <laughs> that's when <laughs> that's when I <laughs> we start suggesting, hey, guys, Mike. <laughs> Harley, Dave, we're buds now. Why don't we get a hotel room together? <laughs> so, so what else are we gonna do? So, what else are we gonna do? A hundred things before getting in a hotel with strangers. I would never. If they offered to let me stay in their room for free, I would say no, thank you. That's exactly. Thank you, Cameron. I mean, y'all are so nice to share appetizers with. Listen, but probably not a bathroom. Listen, here's the thing: a bed. Okay, so I get on. I call Dana with a locked door. I call Dana. I'm like, here. Listen, here's the situation. I don't have a flight. I don't know when I'm getting home. American has just canceled. I'm going to be staying with these people. Is that cool? She's like, Jesse, that's a terrible idea. (laughs) Yes, you're talking about. I was like, we're going to (laughs) save. I'm going to save 75% on this hotel room because I'm splitting it with my new friends. Okay. She's like, Jesse, I will find you a hotel room right now. And so, so anyway, she texts, she, she texts back. She's like, I got bad news. Hotels around the airport are booking up quick. You have two options. One is a La Quinta Inn that is a hundred bucks. And I'm like, a hundred bucks. This is why I should be getting Dave Harley and Mike in here. Mike takes off. He's, so now it's, it's just me. It'd be weird with me just being the couple. So 
you know. So anyway, oh, okay. Daniel's it like, was less weird when Mike was involved. It, it yeah. was. I, I, oh, yeah, definitely. I'll say this. I felt weirdly wow. safe. I felt weirdly safe with Mike. I felt like <laughs> literally nothing bad will happen if Mike's around. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I, we're not going to be just, robbed with Mike around. Like, yeah. he's seen some stuff. He's been in some hairy situation. Right. He's a guy. Years in Central you want to be on his side. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. oh yeah. Mm-hmm. All I, did, over I just want to interrupt something real quick and just take a pause in the story, Jesse. Uh, just a quick list Reykjavik, Washington, Salt Lake City, Dallas, Baltimore, Denver. All flights that leave in the middle of the night out of Orlando. So keep going, Jesse. <laughs> so middle of Annie, the night. I'm going to apologize. Even when the airport's closed, the door's locked. How do I'm people get in the airport? I don't know. So 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 I'm like, Dana, there's, there's just gotta- no way that's true. <laughs> so, okay. so I tell Dana, I'm like, listen, there's got to be a better option. I don't want to spend a hundred dollars to go to sleep for two hours. You know, she's like, well, there is one I just found that's thirty five dollars. I'm like, that's it. Oh, I'm getting wow. a thirty five dollar hotel room. Oh, no. she calls back and she's like, oh, my gosh. So it's a male dormitory. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. my gosh. No, you didn't. And I, and and I'm like, ah, that's that's gonna I, save me a lot. I would sleep a bunch on of those the bench at the airport before I go to a male dormitory for thirty five dollars. Well, I did some more research. I'm pretty sure it's a homeless shelter that I almost slept in the in a yeah. homeless shelter in Miami. It was literally a homeless yeah. shelter, yeah. and I was close to to staying there. At that point, I wish Mike had been with me because oh, if you stay in a homeless see. shelter, you want to stay real close to Mike. You know, he's got a gold, he's got yeah. Colombian gold on. Okay. Uh. He's, he's sleeping with one eye open. So I end up at the La, the La Quinta. I sleep for like an hour and a half, two hours, take a shower, end up getting on another delayed flight this morning. Just got back in at lunchtime, barely came in under, made some great friends along the way. But, you know, I'm here <laughs> and I am great ex- friends along the way. Exhausted. Oh I'm exhausted. This is the I'm worst delirious. Story. I'm delirious, guys. Moving the show along. Stay tuned. Up next, it'll be Slices. You're listening to LSD, which is Labyrinth, Sia, and Diplo. The song is No New Friends, my life mantra. Uh, also, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard Bastille with Joy. Okay, it's time for Slices. You with us, Jesse? I guess. All right, what, what do you have? <laughs> Annie, yeah. Annie, you were preaching this weekend, right? Yes, I am. Okay. I'm preaching well, at my church I have Nashville. one that I feel like this is great for sermons because oh, great. I don't, where do you guys stand on like name it, claim it theology? I love it. I am all about the secret. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all in on Oprah. Like the when whole Jesse deal. is tired or stressed or anything other than normal, I you can't even call. hop in on the show. No, no, no it's like, so good. Jesse, it's so good. And I just watch the whole thing devolve. <laughs> we just watch so it. go ahead, Jesse. What do you think about name and claim it? Eddie, what do you think about name and claim it? Because I love oh, I'm it. name I and claim it all day long. So I think it's I. totally true. So no, I don't. I know, I of course, I'm not. I'm, I'm willing to. I'm willing to roll the dice with it. I yeah, same, same. Are. I'm willing to give yeah. it a run. I'm I'll not say sure this: it, works, it did not but... work for me last night when I was naming <laughs> no, and claiming a flight. <laughs> so uh, I know one guy who's all about it, and and Harley. and he is convincing me that it might work. And his name is Chance the Rapper. You guys know Chance oh, the Rapper. Right. If we were big yeah, fans, sure. of Chance. Yep. He tweeted this uh, this week. So uh, just for a little context, uh, uh, well, I, Twitter like, is a social media platform. Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like six months ago, I'm, I go through the Wendy's drive-through and I order my I order the spicy chicken nuggets, and I'm informed that they no longer have spicy chicken nuggets. They only have regular chicken nuggets. 
nuggets, and I don't want the regular chicken nuggets. They kind of give me a headache at Wendy's for some reason. I don't know if it's something with the breading. Man, it's and the, you can't play around with headaches, dude. I know. It's the coating. You got, they got coating they in them. They coat it in something, but the spice kind of neutralizes that and jolts you back. <laughs> it's some good peppery spice. Yeah, it's an know. upper and a downer combined in one nugget. Exactly. So right. <laughs> the black pepper knocks the headache right out. You still get yeah. the headache, but it's instantly gone. And so it's kind of a, you know, it's an interesting uh, concoction. But anyway, uh, I was informed that they, they all across the nation, they stopped doing the beloved spicy chicken nuggets. Well, here's what Chance tweeted this week. He said, Pot is positive affirmation for today. I will have a good day. And every one of these will is capitalized. I will have a good day. I will succeed. Name it and claim it. Wendy's will bring back spicy chicken nuggets at some point. Please, Lord, let it be today. He named it. He claimed it. He he went out there and he what was that? What, he claimed his territory. He Jabez that thing. <laughs> yeah, like, that's right. Chance the rapper straight up prayer Jabez it. Okay. <laughs> The you really are burning up. <laughs> I love. Keep going, Jesse. He claimed his territory. He he jabezed it. Claimed that territory. He jabezed it. Listen, that tweet was liked almost a quarter million times in a day. Okay, this is the power of, of the jabez. Uh, that's why it was a popular item on like floor mats and neckties all throughout the early 2000s. Cameron, you remember that book, right? It was on. Yeah, of course. It sat, <laughs> yeah, we all we all remember. We're I just, remember. Like, we're just, we're just enjoying sat, you. It sat on we're just watching you burn. The, it sat on the basket beside the toilet in evangelical homes around yeah. the country because a very yeah, small. It was, book. It was pocket size. I used it yeah. as a doorstop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I said, I and mean, then there was the other y'all one. Y'all can but, give it a hard time now, but you read it too, didn't you? Oh yeah, I totally read it. Hundred percent, I read it. I, yeah, there was here's so a verse, many, and here's 30 little tiny pages about that verse. There you go. I think yeah, I no was problem. in I was in college at the time, and I remember visiting a lot of people's friends' parents' friends' houses. You know, when you're traveling around in college, yeah. in almost every evangelical bathroom, it was oh, there. No there was they no had question. a prayer Jabez was the number one selling book for evangelical <laughs> bathrooms in history. It was it was unbelievable. So he Jabez it a quarter million uh, likes later. Wendy's tweets him back. Wendy's tweets him back. This is not a drill exclamation point. Spicy chicken nuggets are coming back. Y'all are crazy. That took like a day and a half. What? We don't know when yet. Got to figure it out. But soon losing it right now. This is amazing. That is the official Wendy's Twitter account. <laughs> Tweeting back. Really? So, so they br- oh. Wendy's tweets that they're bringing it back. I love this. The next day Chance tweets this because this is like legitimate entertainment news. You know, he, 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 you know, his last mixtape was one of the biggest releases in the last few years. It was a massive release. People have long awaited his like official new album. So here's what he tweets for his album release. My album comes out in less than two months. Hashtag spicy chicken nuggets. It's a real, it's a heartwarming <laughs> story all the way around. Name it, Jesse, claim it. It works. You're such a conspiracy theorist, as am I at times. This feels like there may be something here we don't know. Between Wendy's and Chance the Rapper. Uh, how dare oh, you? Like Annie. they were working the whole thing out? Yes. How dare you? This was this was the Lord at work, the secret <laughs> formula to get whatever you want in life. You just speak it forth, Annie. It's that's just how okay. that's how okay. this works. Yeah, I, no, you, you don't speak it forth, you tweet it forth. Because you tweet that's it how forth. That's, that's right. how Chandler got a year's worth of chilies. Well, that's exactly there, right. Claim, claim yeah. your land all the way to the Euphrates because Chance says <laughs> oh, it works. 
All right. Manny, what do you why have, are you Eddie? doing that face? <laughs> Claim your land all the way to Euphrates. All right. What do you oh, have, Eddie? It's the Bible, um, Well, Jesse and I did not plan this, but clearly we're both hungry and we both love fast food because <laughs> my slice is about Burger King. Um, and also, not, not, not only that, I've got we one about McDonald's. To- no, you don't. I don't. I don't. Oh, that would have been amazing. <laughs> McDonald's, oddly, locks their doors at sunset. They've never served anyone uh, during the evening hours. Ooh, I got an angry Annie face. That was a new thing. Oh, boy. Um, so anyway, <laughs> um, so Burger King, we have talked about them a few times on the show because they are oh, love it or like not their marketing is pretty amazing. And yeah, so or at least gets people talking. So remember a couple of years ago, they had like the weird Burger King mascot guy. Um, yeah. And then, and then they've like done thrown some shade over the years, but they have a brand new campaign and they're saying that it is set that they are celebrating mental health awareness month and they are oh, not celebrating this. it, but they're acknowledging it by making what they're calling real meals. So it is a competitor of course, and a, kind of a joke meal. on the happy meal. Brilliant. And so they're offering four different meals, the blue meal, which is sad. And in, <gasps> and you should see the packaging on the side. It's just a blue box. It looks like a happy meal box, but with just a big, sad, blue, sad face. <laughs> can, can I stop the, you right there and ask a question? Yeah. Yeah, is it yeah. any Burger King meal kind of a sad meal? Like, is it, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, they have mm-hmm. Coke Icy's. They're the dream team. That's where oh, you want to go. Oh, that's right. They've that, got that, the salty that meal. That makes me sad. I yeah. rarely, rarely, rarely go to Burger King. I mean, like maybe once every few years, but I've never meant to. It was like literally yeah. the only option. You know, right. you're like, like in an airport middle of the night. Yeah, it's it, literally the only thing open. Yeah. Yeah, or it's one. Of, it's like you're on a road trip, and it's one of those super confusing shopping centers. And you thought you were pulling into like that KFC Taco Bell mashup, but it's like I'm in yes. the Burger King one. I'll just go here. I got. Yes, 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 near yes, my yes. house, we have a, a KFC mashup with Long John Silvers. And, Perfect. And last week they 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 blacked out all the Long John Silver stuff. So it's like a <gasps> yes, half Taco the one Bell. In Nashville closed too. That's down the street from me. It's a half Long Taco John Bell and Silvers. nothing else. I don't yeah. know what's going wow. on. Somewhere Captain D is just <laughs> <laughs> the fried cod market is mine. Long John. I wonder Today if Pizza Hut will move in there. Aren't they in the same family? Yeah. 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 That's probably, they, I've seen other ones like that, but sorry, you know. Edward, that, keep telling us about your you know, slice. You don't need to be sorry. Yours is just as relevant as mine is. We're all just talking about fast food restaurants. What does it matter? Um, anyhow, they have the salty meal, which is like bitter. They have the, the Yaz the meal, which is excited inside each of them. Now, each of them have the same thing inside of them, which is just like a burger, fries, and it comes with a drink. But they basically just have like different boxes and you can order when you pull up through the window. Basically, the idea is you're ordering which of these boxes you're feeling like. The other one is the um, it's it's kind of I don't want to say because there's kids listening, but it's it means mad. P-I-S-S. Um, <laughs> meal. I don't feel like really? we can say Even that, that right? show rated G. I don't know. We can't say that, can we? I don't know. I didn't want to. Anyhow, and then the final meal is the DGAF meal, which I will not decode <gasps> for you. But no way. You, yeah. So uh, it, all, it has all the regular stuff. And don't they're, they're saying uh, we can't serve happy meals because no one is happy all the time. And the idea so is to DGAF, raise awareness. They don't get fries then. Don't get any fries. Is that what it stands for? Well, they did say no. They get fries. The the thing is, they I don't said that give none a of them French fry. That's it. <laughs> you nailed it, Annie. <laughs> but they did say, I love that they said like, and none of them come with a toy because you just don't always get toys. 
Wow. It was just so like they're really embracing the bummer. Yeah. So um, I feel bu- like as an so if you're bummed room, out, if you're bummed out, you go to Burger King. That's what yeah. you're saying. Right. Just yeah. show up, order the DGAF. You don't get a toy. You still get Burger King. You're all bummed out. Who cares? <laughs> but they're trying to like say like it's okay to feel your feelings and we can't be happy all the time. So I respect that, even though I don't buy it for a half a second. I think they're just throwing shade at McDonald's. Yeah, right. it's very odd. It's very odd. I don't. I don't yeah, know anyone. Confused as I've seen you in I'm a just, long time. I'm just trying to figure out like why they think this is a good idea. They're associating their brand with unhappy feelings. Like, yeah. I I'm feeling crap today. I guess I'll go to Burger King because it and, makes me I, feel like crap yeah. too. And, and, and here's and, and and listen, I'm not. I am by no means an expert in mental health, but it's. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> no, I don't mean that in any kind of way. You but are I mean, or like, not? <laughs> no, I'm not. But I feel like isn't there? Shouldn't they distinguish between you know a, a, a bad mood and a, like a mental health disorder? Like right. everyone has like a bad day. That doesn't mean I don't know if it's healthy to conflate it with legitimate you know awareness about mental health issues. You know, like it just seems like yeah. this is a weird move by Burger King. Like it just doesn't add up in a lot of well, ways. I think the two things they were hoping to accomplish are one, for some reason we're talking about Burger King. Yep. So that's, right. that's yeah. a win. Like yeah. who was talking about Burger King last week? And I think the second thing is they're just throwing shade at McDonald's and that's their whole, they're always just dogging on them. Understandably. Yeah. It just um, seems like not everyone the right. does. Wendy's does too on their Twitter, right? Yeah, I feel like yeah. everyone everyone picks on Every, McDonald's. Everyone wants to go for the big dog, but it seems like it seems like making like humorous light of mental health seems like a bad move by Wendy's. But yeah. you know, who I was just am saying I? the brand association is weird. Yeah, yeah. All right, what do you have, Annie? Okay, so as you guys know, Sunday that's coming up is Mother's Day. And so I've been doing some reading around that. As Jesse mentioned, I'm teaching at my church, preaching at my church. Happy Mother's Day, guys. Happy Mother's Day. I think you guys are going to, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. There is research that just came out talking about uh, from adult Christians being asked, who is the most influential person in your upbringing as a faith person? Mm-hmm. And overwhelm the study found that 68% of U.S. Christians who grew up with someone who influenced their faith say it was their mother's faith who impacted them. Only hmm. 46% were impacted by their father and 37% by a grandparent. And hmm. so it's it, the same pattern was found in teenagers right now as well, who say they are more likely to talk about God and pray with a parent if it's the mom in their past month than the father. But all three of huh. you are Christian fathers. So tell me what you think about that, that people say overwhelming. I mean, 68% versus 46% are saying that it is their mother that has most greatly impacted their faith. I wonder why that is. That That is interesting. And, huh. and it does seem, I mean, well, there's, I mean, typ- I mean, typically I was watching a music documentary about Robert Johnson, the guitarist who like, you know, the oh, mythology yeah. is that he sold his soul to the devil and that game gave his guitar playing skills. And, uh, and it talked about, the the church dynamic of the devil's music and then you know all that stuff and mm-hmm. and and that you know back in the 20s and teens it was like uh in the black communities there was like the juke joints on saturday nights where everybody go to like you know in the segregated south where people could go and congregate and party and listen to music and dance and stuff and then sunday morning all the men were out late at the juke joint on saturday night and on sunday morning it was only women at church and like, mm. and that the uh, the pastor 
who was making no money. Uh, and, you know, the musicians are making money and stuff on Saturday nights. And the pastor, they talked about this in documentary, the pastor started preaching against the secular music and the juke joints to try and get the women to make the husbands stop going so they would come to church and tithe. And so like oh, it wow. created this like segregation of secular and sacred in the black church community and the teens. Okay. Hmm. So like I'm thinking about that, that is still the case. It's primarily mm-hmm. the mothers and the women who are going to church, maybe dragging the dad to come along, but he wants to watch football and she's trying to keep the family spiritually focused. And I think that's why, I mean, yeah, it's just it, built well, in I mean, American it's interesting society. It's not talking about church. I mean, you're right, Cameron. You're right. Full stop, period. But it's interesting because this is purely talking about the overall experience of the child, not just in church. But, mm-hmm. but, but I think I mean, that's really interesting. But it's a spiritual priority that the, that the mother puts mm-hmm. on the spiritual fabric of the home, I think. The dad isn't yeah. historically doing that. Yeah. AFD. Or Jesse, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jesse. I, I was just going to say, I mean, look at Mary is a very significant figure in the gospel. And Joseph is isn't you know i'm not saying that that has anything to do with it but it's in, it's an interesting correlation you know well, and maybe the nurturing aspect of the mother the maternal you know they want to you know i don't know guy, guys yeah. are dumb and women are caring and empathetic and loving and guys are in general not as uh. much so i don't know Roxanne, all of our mutual friends, Roxy Stone, who works at Barna, she's quoted in this saying that over and over again throughout the study, the researcher saw that the outsized impact that mothers have both on their children's spiritual formation as well as their character development. I wonder, does it give any conclusions in the article or any like, you know, a majority of the respondents said X, Y, Z or this is why? Like, did Mm-mm. they draw any no, the research was done for a book that is coming out called Households of Faith. I don't know who it is, but and so that's why the research mm. was done. That's why Barna did it. But it, no, it just says over and over again that Christian teens are say that their mother encourages them to go to church, talks about God's forgiveness and teaches about the Bible. Yeah, it's like, yeah, moms are out there praying for their children every day and raising them up. Spiritual dads are praying that chicken nuggets come back. (laughs) (laughs) They're using their spiritual collateral for chicken nuggets. Here are the three (laughs) categories that teenagers said that their Christian fathers edge ahead. When when teens need money, when they need logistical help, and when they want a parent to play sports. Hmm. I mean, this is playing into gender... You know, kind it, of it is, stereotypes, yeah. right? I mean, but maybe stereotypes I mean, is it playing are into gender stereotypes, or is it are the stereotypes existing because this is what children it's, are experiencing, yeah. right? And yeah. then those are the patterns that repeat generationally. Yeah. But yeah. I know all three of you as fathers, you're yeah. raising boys and girls, and I would say all three of you are very influential in your children's. I mean, I've watched it in real life. All three of you are very influential in your children's faith life. But so I just found yeah. this really interesting. Yeah. I'll tell you though, just from our family's you know, story is that it's been way more of a challenge though, for me to have impact in my kid's life, especially because it just so happened that kind of my own crisis of faith years happened about five months after my daughter was born. You know, there was just like a whole falling out of the church and a whole thing happened. And it just threw me into a long spiral, which oddly Rachel held Evans pulled me out of, but like that, that whole, like that time has corresponded with my children's early formative years. And so it's been a lot of like figuring out the kind of person that I hoped I would be until my heart catches up because I felt like I've done some like, yeah, let's definitely go to church this morning, even though I'm like, 
not really feeling yeah. it or like, yeah, we should let's read tonight and read our little Bible stories that we do every night, even though I just really wouldn't want to. Um, but I wonder how it works for like, um, yeah, I, the, I wonder if there's something about the age, because I feel like I have a lot of friends that are late thirties, early forties that are sort of shedding the Christianity in a way of their, of their twenties and figuring out what's real, uh, for them. I mean, it's still clearly like following Jesus, but like, it's just, um, it starts to, I feel like there's just a shift that happens. And a lot of guys that I know that are of early kid age that are struggling with, um, with all things of faith. And I wonder if there's any correlation or if it's just so happens that it happened to a lot of my friends. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it is. It, I, yeah. I, and I don't know if it's knowable. You know what I mean? That's I feel right. like I feel like, you know, you can look at numbers like that, Annie, and there might not be there's probably a, a conflation of factors, some social, some like Cameron says, like sort of like these patterns repeating themselves over generations, some, you know, having to do with views on gender, some, you know. But I, I don't know if there it is knowable, but I think it is notable, you, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. And I, I bring that slice, and I'll say it again. I bring that slice to the three of you fully wanting to say the three of you parent really well. And y'all are very good at this. And so wow. I just think it's an interesting stat that we should note. Interesting. Well, thanks yeah. for saying that. Yeah, Andy. thanks for bringing it too, Annie. All right. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned up next. We look back at the life and message of Rachel Held Evans. to Middle Kids, the song is Beliefs and Prayers. On Saturday, author and speaker Rachel Held Evans uh, was taken off life support in Nashville and passed away at the age of just 37. Rachel was experiencing seizures and was placed in a medically induced coma recently after having a negative reaction to a medication um, that she used to treat an infection. Rachel was a wife and a mother, as well as the author of four books. She had a couple on the New York Times bestseller list. She was a prolific blogger and Twitter user who is known for challenging Christians on issues within the church related to gender, politics, and how to address important social issues. We've had the privilege of talking with Rachel several times over the years. Uh, over, I mean, at least a, 10 years now. Yeah. And today we wanted to reflect back on some of those conversations to um, talk to us about those. Um, we're bringing on Tyler Huckabee, who actually spoke to her most recently for Relevant. Hey, Tyler. Hey, everybody. And Tyler, you wrote a really beautiful tribute to her and her work. Before we jump into the clips, you know, can you kind of just say a few, you know, words about the impact that her work had on you and why she was so important kind of in culture? 
Oh, I, I mean, I think it, it's very difficult to to sum her legacy up in a, in a brief amount of, in, in really briefly. But when I think about her now, and as I was processing what happened over the weekend, I, I mostly just think about the, the wideness that she believed God's grace has. She fought so hard for everybody to have a seat at the table. And uh, and I believe it, this, was, uh, this was something that Jeff Chu said on Twitter that I thought was really excellently put. She pulled the margin towards the middle she she found the people who were were on the outside of faith who felt like they didn't have a home uh, have a faith community for them and, and said there's not a, not only is there a spot for you but there's a spotlight for you uh, mm-hmm. you deserve to have a, a platform and uh and she she was tireless in that and I think that'll be not the only part of her legacy but but close to the heart of it I, I, you know, I know Tyler, you pulled a couple of moments from your recent conversation with with her, and I, I want to get to those. But you know, Eddie, I was actually listening back to today to a conversation with you with, that you had with her back in 2015, and yeah. I, I listened to that today, and it was an emotional listen. And one thing that ever since she had had gotten sick and and fallen ill, you know, you saw the impact she had. So many people, you know, even before right. her her tragic death this weekend, she had been trending on Twitter because people were praying for her. And Eddie, you had started your con. I don't even know if you remember this man, but you had started your. And I was getting choked up listening back to this. Yeah, you had started your conversation with her and uh, ask her who she's picturing when she's reading, when she's writing her books. And I think the way she answered that question really speaks to why I think so many people have been touched by her because she wrote in a way where she wanted to connect with people. She wrote to people as if they were her friends, because in her mind she was, here's, here's what she said during that conversation. Oh, well, that's such a sweet question. Nobody ever asked me stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I try to, whenever I write a book, I actually, at the very outset, I pick a few of my friends or um, just people I know and care about, and I write it for them. I try, I try and think what questions would they be asking? What's going through their minds? What are their stories like? And what might resonate with them? So I do actually try to think of a few people who I write the book for and to, um, And so like my friend, Tiffany, who I go to church with, and we share a very similar background, but with some differences, I kind of thought of her actually, as I was writing this book, Um, you know, because it's just, it's good to have somebody specific in mind. And then of course, I'm very fortunate because I have this blog that so many people are a part of and we converse there and um, it's kind of this little community. So I can always be thinking about my blog readers. Um, I I write, I try to make decisions based on what I know is interesting to them Mm. and what they might relate to. Um, Even though our stories might be different, Mm. uh, there are common themes and how we think about faith and how our backgrounds affect how we think about church and faith. And uh, so I tried to tap into some of that and uh, I quote them throughout the book and was touching base with my readers throughout the writing process. So yeah, I try to pick out a few individuals that I know personally that I, I really write for. And then I try to consult with my blog readers. Mm. Um, but yeah. Well, one thing I really like about that Eddie is how she yeah. said she pictures her friends who had the same background, but they have a lot of differences. And I think that's really telling about her whole philosophy. And if I can just share personally for a half a second, I won't ramble on, but like, like that book, like searching for Sunday, like she could have just, she like, I felt like she wrote that for me. And I think that that was a, like a lot of what the story of like what I see people sharing on 
social media and stuff about her was like that book came at a point in my life where I absolutely was. I mean, I was as dark both. Oh man. Like both spiritually and, and in terms of like a connection to the church as I had ever been. And I read the email last night, actually Chad, Michael Snavely, who most of you know, but used to produce the show. He's like, Hey, there's this new author that wrote a book. Would you be interested in it? And I was like, sure. Why not? Like nobody knew who she was really at the time. And I just, that book just, I I think it just gave the permission to like be really frustrated with a lot of things about the church, but to absolutely double down on the beauty of the church. And it was told through kind of a memoir. And so I, I just, um, I, her audience was, was profound and both personally, and I think really broadly for a lot of people. And and Eddie, I want uh, this, this next clip, I think really speaks to that of people who love God and love the church, but have been hurt and don't know how to deal with that hurt. And she really wanted to challenge people's idea of what church is. And that's why this clip, man, I listened to it seven, eight times today. If Chandler, if you can play that. There's this sense that, that, um, church is this duty, this thing you have to check off a box, you know, in, in a bo- a to-do list or a box and that, um, you know, that, that somehow you have to show up between the hours of 9am and noon on a Sunday to be part of a church or part of a community. And I just don't believe that. I think, you know, church is something that we do, not just when we break the bread of communion at the altar on a Sunday morning, you know, church is something we do when we break the bread of communion among other believers around a dinner table yeah. or at a, during a picnic or any time that we, um, confess our sins to one another. Anytime that we remind one another in the spirit of baptism, that we're beloved children of God, we're practicing the sacraments of the church. We're, we're being church together. Mm. So yeah, I tend to favor being connected to a local church community. I think that's healthy and I think that's good, but I also know that it's not the only place that I encounter God. It's not the only place I encounter church. I encounter church in a lot of different places throughout the week. And uh, for people who, especially who have been deeply wounded by the institutional church, I think that time away from that can be incredibly healing because uh, the church, you don't just leave church. Uh, if you're anything like me, church tends to kind of, hunt you down. Right. <laughs> you know, there will right. always be fellow followers of Jesus who want to be in community with you and who you want to be in community with as well. And, and, and that happens whether or not you're showing up on a Sunday morning religiously. Mm. Um, so yeah, I hope that, and I hope that that encourages people and um, especially people who are recovering maybe from a difficult church experience. I hope that they know that they're not alone mm. and that they can still be part of the church. Mm no matter where where that worship or where that community or communion happens. And and I think what's so interesting about hearing her say that is remembering contextually. I mean, this was 2015 when she's saying it. People have obviously said it before, but at the moment, in that particular moment, I felt like she burst open a thing that a lot of people were feeling and questioning and was kind of the the one of the first modern people to kind of usher in the idea that's like, we can be really confused by this church, but we still like try real hard to love this church. And she tried really hard to like draw that distinction for people. And I, I think it helped a huge number of people um, 
kind of uh, kind of make sense of the paradox that they felt inside about this place. Um, yeah, I loved at, her at, saying at the, church chased her down. That's yeah, right. so beautiful. Yeah. Tyler, yeah. I know you were able to find a few things that were meaningful to you in, in the context of your last conversation with her as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I when last time I spoke with her was right after her, her, uh, last book inspired came out which was uh, of course a book about scripture and uh and we spoke for for a long time and had a really lovely conversation as i was listening to it again today um and uh, pulling a, a few pieces out for this the first thing that i came across that i thought was really it really spoke to um the the legacy that she leaves behind was how important it was to not do spirituality alone that she she saw christianity as an extremely communal affair and that in, included bible reading as she said in this first clip your understanding of scripture is going to get a lot more complex and healthy and deep if you're surrounding yourself with people who don't engage it the same way you do mm-hmm. and i don't think the bible is really meant to be read as just as part of your quiet time, 30 minutes a day, get your personal takeaway and leave. And I think the Bible is meant to be engaged in community with people who are different from you and who think differently and who have a different theologies and come from different backgrounds. So the probably the biggest influences on this book for me were Jewish interpretations of Hebrew scripture, which this is kind of a tangent, but the Jewish community has such a healthier posture in engaging the Bible than I think a lot of Christians do mm-hmm. because Jews approach the Bible as a conversation starter, not a conversation ender. Mm-hmm. So they look at the Bible and it's when they see something that appears contradictory or you know that le- leaves a mystery for them to solve, they love it. It's like it's that that gets engaged and debated and talked about and bantered about and um, whereas Christians, we, we have this impulse to solve it, to tie it all up, when really you learn so much just in the wrestling, just in the talking, just in the back and forth and the debate. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I, I reject the notion that the Bible was ever intended to be consumed um, individualistically. Uh, I think it just it, it makes a lot more sense <laughs> when it's engaged in a community uh, that challenges you to think about it a little bit differently. And uh, I part of that, that, that that's kind of part and parcel with reading it in a community, especially what she would recommend, re, the community she would recommend, which would be a very diverse community with a lot of diverging opinions, would be understanding that you're not all going to agree and, and that that certainty, that uniformity uh, of agreement isn't really isn't really necessary, that there is something valuable about the, the struggle and the tension. And I asked her what it what she thought it would look like to be more safe with this agreement within the church. And this is what she said. Cause I think that's what really makes it rich and interesting and um, important is when we read it with people who maybe don't interpret it the way we do, instead of being afraid of that, instead of trying to get everybody on the same page, everybody has the same interpretation. Maybe we should welcome the fact that this is such an extraordinary group of texts it lends itself to all these different interpretations and ways of engaging it. Maybe we should celebrate that instead of trying to rein it in so much. And I think this that was kind of the subject of a lot of the, the, the criticism that she received online and she had her fair share of critics 
was uh, was people who just weren't comfortable with that. They, they didn't like the idea that she would disagree with them, and and that got her branded as being sort of divisive or cynical. But I really don't think she was any of those things. I, I think she really loved being a Christian. She loved the church. She loved the Bible, and she just wanted to to widen the to widen that idea to make make it as a as inclusive as she could. And then that took a lot of honesty. It took a lot of bravery. Uh, I think it was Beth Moore who tweeted what what her she remembers of 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 Rachel will be her alarming honesty. And for the last thing I'll I'll bring Yeah, yeah. For for the last segment that I'll that I'll I'll share, uh, I asked her a little bit about um about how hard it was to be honest about the about the Bible, and and she brought up some of her own um, just sort of questions about the Bible that she she struggles with, and these are some of the things that she told me. Uh, we don't want to pretend like the culture was different from what it was. Uh, the reality was the Bible emerged from a very pa- patriarchal culture, and it reflects patriarchal patriarchal norms. That's just it reflects a culture that was where slavery was just a given, you know? Um, so both patriarchy and slavery are institutions that are undoubtedly just assumed throughout the Bible. Uh, the and, and I don't, you know, I'm not actually that interested in just explaining that away or even making peace with that. Like, it bothers me. It, it bugs me. You know, why, did, why isn't there just a verse that says, by the way, patriarchy is terrible, smash it, and... <laughs> in the name of Jesus, smash the patriarchy, or it would have been really helpful if there had been a passage in the New Testament that said slavery is not God's dream for this world, and um, you know, the liberation of slaves is, is in keeping with the gospel trajectory. But there's, you know, that verse doesn't exist. Instead, we have slaves obey your masters and wives submit to your husbands, and that's challenging. Um, and I don't want to pretend like there are easy ways out of that. Um, but I do think that uh, if you follow closely the stories of women and of slaves in the Bible, uh, you do see sort of this uh, a quiet but persistent subversion of those norms. And uh, and I think that level of of nuance of being willing to explore of not explaining away the difficult parts of the Bible, the difficult parts of the church, of the faith, of Christianity, of trusting her willingness to to say that say this is the way it is, um, but this is also the way that uh, that that it could be for willing to listen to what God is doing and 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 uh, and seek His heart for where we're at right now. Uh, then then we can continue to to grow and improve as a people and as a faith. And and um, I'm very very sad that she won't be around to show us uh, how to continue to do that. But I'm glad for the thousands, probably millions of people that she's inspired to pick up, uh, to pick up in her wake. Uh, I don't think we'll ever really probably be able to fully quantify the number of people, especially women who went to seminary, who got into to writing yeah. and, and speaking and teaching because she showed them it was possible. And, right. and yeah. that that is going to be a an immense harvest. But yeah. it sure is sad right now. A beautiful thing to have watched this weekend after Rachel's passing is the hashtags because R-H-E and seeing how many people said not only that they got into this because of her, but that they feel like she shared her platform in a way that made a way for them to mm-hmm. to tell their story. And, and I don't know if y'all saw this, but one of her very best friends is Sarah Bessie. And watching Sarah Bessie uh, grieve Rachel and... And teach us how to love a friend well has really yeah. impacted me. I, I would say because of Rachel Held Evans, I spent most of my Monday morning 
calling and texting my friends in this job and telling them how much I love their partnership and how much I appreciate their teamwork. Um, because you just don't want to only say that stuff afterwards. Sorry. Yeah. So there's so many of us who have such kind things to say about our coworkers and we wait. And I thought, you know what, because of Rachel and actually because of Sarah Bessie, I will not wait. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell my friends today how grateful I am for their work they do for the gospel. So I'll say that to the four of y'all as well, because I haven't called you yet, but I'm grateful for the work that relevant does for the gospel. But it's been a um, it's been a morning of telling people what they mean to me and what their work means to me. Yeah, but I would I would encourage people, you know, but are in, you know we're we're reposting a lot of things that we've yeah. done with her over the years this week, and so you can find those on yeah. the site and also listen back to the podcast. And also, you know, she she did an episode of the Love and Money podcast with Dan with her husband, yeah. and which I listened to again today, and it was. Man, how, thinking the, about in the, them and their in, kids. In the, in the light of it, was, it was difficult to listen to, but they had such an incredible dynamic and a powerful marriage. And, you know, they were so gracious to, to do that. But uh, um, I would encourage people to go back and listen to interviews she's done with us and, you know, read her writing and interviews she's done other places and, and really honor her legacy and um, the work that, that she dedicated her life to. And also, I know it's like, people make fun of this because like thoughts and prayers are like the new meme of making fun of stuff. But like there's Dan and her children and a whole, you know, endless number of people are just really sad. And so just know that praying people are praying for you. And also I think there's like a GoFundMe set up because it's really expensive, all the hospital bills and all that stuff. So there's both spiritual and practical ways that you can respond and just, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I think it was really cool that you replayed some of her interview today because it was like yeah. helpful to hear again, not Same. just as like a tribute. It was like, oh yeah, that was, oh yeah, good. Yeah, that I was, was really good glad to hear. to hear her voice. It was like, oh, good teaching. And it's cool. Yeah. We've seen um, since the word of her passing happened that a lot of people are rediscovering or discovering for the first time her books. Yeah. I, I saw them shoot up in the charts and it's good that her message is getting out there to people who maybe didn't even encounter it uh, when she was alive. So this is a yeah. way that she can live on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, you know what? We're just going to wrap things up. So stay tuned. We'll say our goodbyes. Listening to more and more, the song is someplace else. Well, normally we would have had our feedback set or our, we were going to do an ask the cast segment. We'll do that on another show. It just didn't feel right to uh, to do oh, it. And after also, that. Yeah. Oh, between us, yeah. do we really need Jesse doing a free form answer? <laughs> Jesse, right I don't know now. if people notice. I, I don't know <laughs> if you can tell. I'm Jesse actually the, fell I'm asleep. Of the things I might say, so that's a good call. <laughs> I say Je- that about you every week. <laughs> Because what ends up happening with these things is Cameron doesn't respond. I don't like being asked questions. They get very uncomfortable. Jesse is a real wild card. And so ultimately, you can just DM Annie if you have a question. (laughs) Because that's that's what the whole thing comes down to. Jesse's eyes are bloodshot right now. We don't necessarily want him to know know where I am. I think (laughs) No, yes, you do. You You made it home. That's literally the only thing you know. I'm wondering if Columbia Mike slipped you something, buddy. You're you're looking pretty haggard right now. Annie, I just realized this isn't my house. I've been recording this whole show. How do you know whose house? this is. 
Oh my gosh. And, oh and my Columbia gosh. Mike is now out front in a Pontiac Columbia Trans. Is out in a, in, a, in, in a Pontiac Trans Am waving nunchucks over the T-top roof. And I think I should probably leave. <laughs> we should be done here. We should be done here. All right. Well, many thanks to Squarespace for making the episode possible. Remember, you can go to squarespace.com slash relevant for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your site, use the offer code relevant to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Um, hey, if you like the podcast, get the magazine. Our 99th issue is out now. We told you about it on the last podcast and we are running. We have extended it. Uh, we extended our flash sale. It's been such a success. Uh, if you want to get the magazine, if you've ever been thinking about getting it, now's the time to get it. It's our lowest price ever. You can get a year of relevant. Uh, mailed to you every other month for only 10 bucks. If you go to relevantmagazine.com slash flash sale, you have to go to, to that URL, relevantmagazine.com slash flash sale. Um, there you go. Uh, also, make sure to check out, we all have other podcasts going on. I'm, I'm promoing Relevant's two newest ones, but you guys can promo yours as well. Um, Relevant Daily, it's happening every weekday. It's about 10 minutes long. It's the what you need to know at the intersection of faith and culture happening every weekday. And also, uh, my long-form interview podcast, Unedited with Cameron Strang. Right now, we have a very moving conversation with... Um, Jamie Torkowski, the founder of To Write Love in Our Arms, talking about his story and also mental health. It's really great. You should go check it out. And uh, uh, that sounds fun with Annie F. Downs, top That's of the right. charts. Thank go check you, that man. out twice a week, right? Yeah, and, Mondays and Thursdays. And The New Activist with Mr. Uh, Eddie oh. Big Hat Coffolds. Way, check that way out well. almost at the top of the charts. <laughs> the charts of my heart. Yeah. <laughs> 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 me, me and Columbia Mike are starting a podcast. It'll be about... <laughs> Awesome I like tips, that it went from Central America straight to actually Colombia. <laughs> no, no, yeah. he's not from there. He's been spending some time there for reasons he did not discuss. He he's a middle aged man with frosted tips that looks like he's coming, he coming was straight at you from the men's he shelter. He actually revealed he was born in Oklahoma, but had to leave for reasons that were not clear. And I did not want to be clear because right now I have plausible deniability on the crimes he's inevitably committed. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! On that note, we'll wrap it up. Um, go check out. All the coverage we're doing, um, sharing uh, a lot of the articles we've published uh, with Rachel Held Evans over the years and podcasts and stuff. You can follow along at realmagazine.com and also, you know, check out the hashtag because of RHE. Very moving, very moving. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap things. I'm Cameron Strang. Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Eddie Koffoltz. And I'm Annie F. Downs. We will see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast if you like what you heard be sure to leave us a review on itunes check out other shows from the relevant podcast network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com and while you're there browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store make sure to subscribe to relevant magazine info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe almost slept in the in a homeless shelter in Miami. Relevant Podcast Network.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.